1: Well, good afternoon, and I am so glad that you are joining me in this new year. And we have lots to talk about because I want to set up this new year with just some ways you can really help your relationships. And so, you know, relationships are really so important to all of us. Actually, as mammals, we just don't like being alone. Now, we like to choose to be alone, but we don't want to be like ostracized, left alone, any of these kinds of feelings. We want to really make sure that we understand our own side of the street. And we have talked at length about some of this, but today I want us to really understand what does it mean to be emotionally immature? And, and we see this oftentimes with people that, you know, their body is the age that they're at. They're 12 years old they look like a 12 year old they're 50 years old they might look like a 50 year old but it doesn't mean that they're emotionally their age so today I want to really talk about how you can make sure that you are actually emotionally your own age so if you're 25 are you a mature 25 year old or are you still acting like a 16 year old with those expectations So emotional maturity is really about a person's ability to express or cope with emotions that are big, that are serious. And so people who are emotionally immature may also overreact to situations or have trouble controlling their emotions. They also have a tendency to not feel like anything is their responsibility so emotionally emotionally immature people oftentimes act like little kids in adult bodies and i remind clients every day i say you know you're in a big body you're in a mature body you're in an adult body and yet i'm not seeing the emotional adult show up so what may cause emotional immaturity well there's not a lot of research necessarily but typically Adult emotional immaturity is, is a factor that is really associated with being maybe mistreated, abused as a child, having the inability to develop those parts of the brain, the adult part of your brain. It also comes from, what about parents that are overindulgent? And so their child never really has to grow up. They're allowed to be whoever they want to be, whenever they want to be it, wherever they want to be it. And so they've never truly been parented. So a lot of what I do in, in sessions is actually parent people. In lots of different ways and helping them understand, wow, how good it feels to be an emotionally mature person. Life is so much more simple, so much more enjoyable. So when we think about examples of emotional immaturity, how about this? What if we look at the idea of relationships? Well, conflicts in relationship an emotionally mature person may be able to sit down and calmly discuss the issue they may do something like hey i'm getting overloaded i'm getting really emotional i better take a time out this is what emotionally mature people do they also are less likely to get defensive about their part in the conflict they don't deny things and and try to shame you into thinking that you're the one that did it you made them do it you know Emotionally immature people also avoid discussing the conflict altogether. How about in professional situations? If you've ever seen an emotionally immature person professionally, well, if an issue arises at work, an emotionally mature person may reflect and accept responsibility for their part in the problem. And they're humble enough to say, you know, that's my bad. I don't like how I handled that. But the emotionally immature person may lose their temper with their coworkers. they may walk out, they may go to, um, you know, their boss and start complaining. And see, they also might become mad if they're not being praised for doing something that they did correctly, as if, wow, you did a good thing, so let's praise you for it. Well, that's what we do with kiddos. So nice if I get praised, I mean, I enjoy it, but it's not going to determine whether or not I do my job correctly. So we also find out like an emotionally immature person kind of reveals themselves in real world situations. When waiting in line, for example, an emotionally immature person, you know, won't be able to calmly wait and they might continually inquire about how much longer, what's going on up there, Who's making it tough for everybody? They might get really boisterous, loud. And and this is where the emotionally immature person is more likely to get frustrated and aggressive. They could yell. They could curse. Maybe they'll stomp away because they had to wait. And then once they get themselves pulled back together, they may come back and still want their place in line, right? So when we think about what happens if you are contending with an emotionally immature person. Well, what are some of the signs that they really truly are immature? Let's look at someone's behaviors. A person's behavior is probably the easiest way to recognize whether or not you're dealing with a mature person. So you may notice that the person's emotions escalate significantly, similar to how a child would act. Maybe they cry easily. They get overly angry. Maybe they get offended all the time. You have to handle them with kid gloves. They throw a temper tantrum when they don't get their way. They storm out of the office. They storm out of the business meeting that you had. They slam the car door. They blame others when things go wrong. These are big indicators. How about this? Lying to get out of an uncomfortable situation. Name-calling during conflicts. How about the idea that maybe they're not able to control their own impulses, or maybe they don't want to. And so they may engage in some reckless behaviors. They might need to be the center of attention all the time. Bullying is a big deal for immature people. And attacking others is a form of defensiveness or engaging maybe in harmful defense mechanisms like alcohol abuse, overeating, being inappropriate in a restaurant, calling too much attention to themselves, or maybe saying other person's secrets that they told them. And so they start to expose somebody publicly. See, childish behaviors really are, the immaturity is marked by the adult behaving like a child during times when emotions are high or the conflict is very present. So otherwise you might get a really good version of them. So people who are emotionally immature often think about themselves first and assuming that everything around them is simply an extension of their world see this type of thinking means that they rely heavily on receiving positive attention all the time see when you're with little kids they get their feelings hurt very quickly they get confused they get scared they get impatient they get tired right so we have compassion for them but i frequently remind my own clients i say you know A little kid in an adult body is not very attractive at all. It's really painful to everybody else and really frustrating. And so emotionally immature people have similar characteristics, sad to say, as those with narcissistic personality disorder. So people that come into my office that seem to exhibit narcissism, I don't immediately diagnose them as a narcissist. What I might say to them or to their family members or friends, or maybe their boss sent them, I might say, you know, they're doing narcissistic behaviors, but I'm not sure they're a bona fide narcissist. I think they might just be immature. And so the defense mechanisms that they're using are the only ones they have. And they haven't learned how to do adult, adult defense mechanisms that are quite healthy and very reliable. So what happens is people with narcissistic traits believe that they're better than other people and they're somehow entitled to special treatment. And emotionally immature people really think about themselves more often than not. And so when a person with narcissism doesn't get what they want or they're forced to participate in things that, I don't know, threaten their ideas or or who they think they are, they react similarly to emotionally immature people. And so what happens is we find that communicating with an emotionally immature person is very difficult. We have to kind of walk around on, you know, making sure that we're, we're feeling like we're walking on eggshells. I'm sure you have felt that way before with certain people where you say, oh my goodness, I have a meeting with this person and this is what I have to talk to them about. Wow, I got to really work on how I'm going to do this. Otherwise, it may blow up in my face. So, if we think about emotional maturity, what does an emotionally mature person look like? What do they do? How does their life handle them, and how do they handle their life? And how does the emotionally immature person affect emotionally mature relationships? So, I want you to think about Emotionally mature people are very able to set healthy boundaries. And we've talked on this show quite a bit about boundaries and what boundaries mean. They're also able to be vulnerable. They're not afraid to be honest about who they are. It doesn't mean they give too many details, right? They also can show empathy. And a big one, when we see emotionally mature people, they own their own mistakes. And they're committed to fixing them they don't give a bunch of excuses. They don't blame it on other people. They say, you know, that's my bad. I did that. I am. Wow. I'm disappointed in myself. I'll fix it. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk about how emotionally immature people affect the people around them. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and we are talking about emotional immaturity. And I'm sure as you are listening to the show, and by the end of the show, you'll be a very good resource for other people when they need to have emotional immaturity explained to them. You, You are really going to have a lot of information today. And I want you to really take it in and not always feel like it's about you but to recognize that, hey, all of us have it to one degree or another, and the, the healthiest people are the ones that regulate it. See, when we go into the fight, flight, or freeze, like what if someone starts yelling at you? What if someone is lying to you? What if someone is, you know, besmirching your, your whole identity and your character? Well, we're going to probably go into fight, flight, or freeze, which is very similar to, it looks like, emotional immaturity. So the difference is the emotionally immature person doesn't have any other language than emotional immaturity. The mature person recognizes when they're being immature, when they're being unrealistic, when they're unwilling to forgive or or get over something, when they can't move forward. See, the emotionally mature person says, wow, I I probably need to talk to somebody about this because this has got me really locked up. I cannot seem to get over this event and how it happened. So when we talk about this idea of signs of emotional immaturity, we talked about, you know, the blaming others, the lying to get out of things, name calling, deflecting, you know, really hitting below the belt, bullying people. So I want you to think about this idea of signs of emotional immaturity. When you see those, you need to say to yourself, I better get beyond my game because this could go badly. If I don't handle myself, I don't know what they're gonna do. And so emotionally immature people do better with adults. It's just that the person that's the adult gets kind of exhausted. It's kind of tiresome to be with emotionally immature people. And when you want to, to understand the toll it's taking on you, I want you to think about these ideas. If you're with an emotionally immature person for too long, you begin to think everybody's kind of like that. You start to think also that maybe something's wrong with you, maybe your expectations are too high. That's not true. When when you're with someone that's emotionally immature for too long, you start to kind of wall off. You don't even want to offer any of your own insights or let them even be in your heart or mind. It's too straining. It's too uncomfortable. And so they also can have a tendency to really eat away at your own self-esteem and self-worth because there's a tendency for adults, emotionally mature adults, who are willing to take responsibility for things. If they're with an emotionally immature person for too long, they start to think that maybe they're the problem and they start to think, wow, I don't have these problems with people. What am I doing wrong? And this is where I want you to really understand that emotional abuse really can be classified in a couple of these things. Name-calling. If someone's doing a lot of name-calling with you, this is a a form of degradation, and it's verbal assault. And so I remind my clients, I say, you know, you may not be throwing bricks at them, you may not be punching them, but you are assaulting them. And it's a different level of assault because it's one that many times we think we're supposed to just bear with it. Also, emotionally immature people are, are very reckless. They're very reckless when it comes to how they drive. They're reckless with money. They're reckless with partners. Maybe they'll flirt, overly flirt with someone and do it right in front of you. They're reckless when it comes to drugs and alcohol. And their, their tendency is to bully to get the other person to give in to their demands. And then when that occurs, they feel really vindicated, like, wow, look what I've done, I'm so strong. And this is where we want to understand that these are not healthy behaviors, these are abusive behaviors. Now they might not be on the level, on the scale of abuse, an an abuse like that you need to move to a new country, but you know what, that may be the truth. So they also have a tendency to deny that things ever really occurred. And if you do try to confront them with it, they will minimize it. They'll act like you're crazy and they'll say, you're just oversensitive. I just was kidding. It's not a big deal, right? So this is where I want you to really understand this idea of selfishness. Because selfishness, if you have an immature partner that you are married to, dating, living with, trying to parent with, if you have someone at your office that you are managing and, and you're seeing this level of selfishness, what I want you to think about is there's lots of ways to be selfish. So kind of just get ready because this is going to hit a lot of us on some different levels. So there's lots of ways to be selfish and we can be selfish about our money, selfish about our love, about our intellect. How about selfish around our own energy? Selfish about our love and our support and selfish about acceptance. See, selfishness is, an, is oftentimes understood as withholding, the refusal to share or to fill in the gaps for someone who can't. But we certainly, the, very, the selfish person is certainly willing to take everything that they want but they have a hard time returning that. So you, you want to think about, talking about today, this carries many pieces, and there's truly selfishness that is rarely talked about. And the true form of selfishness that I want you to really understand so that you can have good boundaries with yourself, your own behaviors, is to recognize that it's often never really addressed or talked about. And this being the idea that my spouse, my boyfriend, girlfriend, lover, whoever that is, should always be attracted to me. See, this is a very immature idea. One of the most disrespectful things we can do to a relationship is to take care, is to not take care of our own appearance, the way we dress, our personal habits, the way we talk, how organized we are or aren't, whether we live out our our own value system, and we seemingly think it's okay if all those things I did to attract them doesn't really apply to them anymore. I like, I don't have to do it anymore since now I'm attra- they're attracted to me and I've got them. We're in a committed relationship. So I can just relax and be lazy. That's the most disrespectful thing you could do to anyone that has chosen to commit themselves to you. So if that's the only thing you heard today, that's what I want you to consider. That healthy people that love well, don't abuse their partners, their friends, families, animals, co-workers. It's aberrant to them. They don't want to do it. They don't like getting away with things. They don't like thinking that they played someone and that now, hey, wow, I can't believe I pulled that off. These aren't things to be proud of. So we want to think about, if I attracted this person I probably should continue to do what attracted them to me. Because otherwise, it's really deceiving. It's like if you've ever bought something at the store and they said it was going to do this, you get it home and it doesn't even do it. How do you feel when that happens? You got cheated. So the contradiction is that we'll still put on our best show, our best appearance, our best mood and behavior for everybody else in the world, but the one that chose us and loves us think about that. See, we somehow seem to think that because the relationship has high level of safety and security, then we can be whoever we want to be. So thank you for joining me. We have the next segment. We're going to talk more about this idea about what selfishness really is in an emotionally committed relationship. Well welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. And we are talking about this idea of the emotionally immature partner. And if you have one, or if you know people that have one, or if you actually are the one that is the emotionally immature partner. And what that does to people at a very base level. And so we talked about it as this, just this over, overbearing idea of selfishness. And there are many forms of selfishness. And some of the ones that are most degrading, that kind of like become like termites in the relationship, just eat away, eat away, eat away and eat away at the goodness. And so it might not be that they do this big, huge thing like, oh my gosh, I, I crashed the car and I don't have any money to pay for it. I'm so sorry. I will figure this out. That's an adult. The emotionally immature person says, "Hey, sorry I crashed the car, but can I? Bar- can- I'm going to take the other one because I need to, um, you know, go to work." And so, when we think about levels of selfishness and different forms of it, one of the ones we don't talk about is the idea of our appearance, the way we dress, our personal habits, the way we talk. Are we organized? Do we actually live out our value system? We purport, you know, to believe in something, but we don't live that way. And so. The other thing that's really big is I don't need to, now that I'm with this person and we're married or we're living together, I guess now I don't have to do anything to attract them anymore. See, this is really degrading to the relationship. And if this is hitting you like it hit me, see, when I realized that we somehow think that because the the relationship has a high level of safety and security and acceptance, we we think that it's okay to be lazy, to be disheveled, to be unkempt, to be smelly, to be fat, to be moody, depressed or angry. How about critical? Like we're criticizing everybody else but ourselves. And this is what I want you to consider is that that's one of the biggest signs of immaturity. Because many times when we talk about immature adults, we think about, oh, they don't have their finances in order or, you know, they they can't seem to keep a job. And these types of things, instead of recognizing how do they actually do their life, how do they show up as a grown up? Are they willing to show up as a grown up? And what does that actually look like? See, the research as to how humans conduct themselves has a lot to do with how they're dressed. This, this idea that we've become so casual is, is fascinating because we also see a lot more violence in our world. People just think they can do whatever they want. And this is, this is part of understanding that adults will actually take a look at themselves. They might even think about, how did my day go? Could I have done that better? Wow, I don't like how I treated so-and-so. I'm going to have to address it with them tomorrow and apologize. That's what healthy, mature adults are like. So when we're thinking about what, what are signs that, that you need to grow up and you need to start being an adult, well, here's one of them. You're always complaining. See, <laughs> the more immature we are as people, the more we complain. Have you ever been standing in a line with teenagers? How about little kiddos, right? So mature people know the difference between being content was what they have, maybe fighting for what they want, and they know the right time to do both, and they know how to do it in a civil and effective manner. Immature people are never happy with what they have; they're always pining after things they feel they're entitled to. They're never satisfied, and they complain relentlessly. So, when this is one of the signs of an adult, I, t- I say to clients, "When I'm upset." and I'm frustrated. It's been a long day. I might say to my husband when I come home, okay, give me five minutes. I'm going to complain for five minutes. Then I get it out and we move on. So it means that I'm adjusting my mood because I'm now home with my husband. So what's another sign that you are probably not a grown up? Well, you hate responsibility. See, immature people never want to be on the hook for anything. Whether it's what they say, what they don't say, what they bought, what they told you, Or whatever whatever they never want to be bound by duty or obligation like they'll show up and they may even say hey I'm here but they don't want to participate in making it happen but they will criticize here's another one they keep repeating the same mistakes this is the antithesis of a fool one that never learns and continues to repeat their folly that is a fool And I'm telling you, if you're with a fool, I would encourage you to leave very quickly. They will contaminate you. They will turn you into somebody that you're not because it's so difficult to be interacting with the craziness of foolishness. And what happens then is they always play the victim. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm so glad that you joined me today. We have one more segment, and we are talking about grown-ups and being a grown-up and what that may look like. Well, good afternoon. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. And I want to make sure that you take advantage of the website. It's CynthiaHyatt.com. And my name is spelled just like it sounds. C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T. We have lots of things on the website for you. We have different booklets. We have study guides that correspond with the shows that that I've done. And so I want you to take advantage of that. I also have a couple of books that you can purchase. They're on Amazon, or you you might be able to get them from the website as well. And thankfully, I'm very excited that the new book that I just did, which is Wars to Peace, Keeping Relationships from Going Nuclear, I'm now going to do it as an audible book. So I am getting ready to do that. That will probably take me, oh, a couple months but I'll let you know when that's on Audible as well. So we're talking about how you know whether or not someone is a grown-up or someone is an emotionally immature person. Because emotionally immature people can actually act like adults if they want to. And they may do it to kind of trick you in some ways, to make you think that they're an emotionally mature adult. But the longer you spend time with them, the more you see that, How come I'm always the one that are picking up the pieces? How come I'm always the problem? How come I'm always trying to fix things? Why is it so chaotic? And so we were talking about these different elements that will explain whether or not this person is emotionally immature. And so one of the biggest things was they're always complaining. They don't like responsibility. They keep repeating the same mistakes and blaming probably the same people or new people they may be able to find. They also play the victim, like, I didn't know. I thought that was the right thing to do. Nobody told me. Or, well, I was so tired, I was doing the best I could. Any of these types of actual, like, ridiculous statements trying to convince you that they really are this person that is very responsible, you end up finding out that you also recognize they never leave their own comfort zone. See, maturity implies growth. And in order to change, you can't just do the same thing over and over again. That is uh, obviously, you know, what we say insanity is. So mature people are content with what they have, where they're at, and they still strive and stretch themselves. So they have goals, but they don't need them immediately to be completed. Immature people are very complacent with their station in life, and they don't attempt to do anything that might make them even a little uncomfortable or to strive for anything unless someone does it for them. Here's a big one. Emotionally immature people always live beyond their means. So if you're with an emotionally immature person, you can count on the fact that they will probably overspend and somebody's going to have to pick up the pieces. They also have a hard time making sacrifices and they have a tendency to bring others down in order to feel good about themselves. So this is really important. This last thing that I want you to consider is their words mean nothing. They just say whatever they need to say to get out of a situation. And they don't like to be called on the fact that that's what they said. They also don't really change. So they might be wearing the same clothes, they might be doing the same you know, TV shows, they might be, whatever it would be, they don't change. They're not striving. And so they're not working toward being, like we say on this show, the best version of themselves. So I want you to be very careful if that's the person that you are with, because you may need to make some very, very big decisions about that. And it may not be very comfortable. So when we think about this, we want to realize that adulting is a tough thing to do. But it is one of the kindest things that we could do and give for, to ourselves, to the people that love us, to society, to the entire world. It's the best thing you could give to God, is to realize that he has a grown-up kiddo. We're always going to be kids with God, but he loves to see the grown-up version of us. Because that means that he can do amazing things through us. And he can work through us to help so many things that need to be fixed, that need to be really adjusted. So how can you overcome emotional immaturity, okay? What is that like, to be able to overcome that? And many of us, unfortunately, our world does not require that we grow up. If you think about other decades other centuries that we've been in little kids had to do really adult things in order to survive so there's not a whole lot in our country right now that is forcing us to grow up it has to be your own goal you have to desire it you have to recognize that hey this is me being the best version of me this is me actually contributing to the people in my life to the community at large that I'm involved in, and to the world. See, this way is, is part of how humans learn. If I'm interacting with somebody at the grocery store, let's say just the, the, the checkout person, if I'm kind to them, then they have a tendency to respond back in kind. And what happens when I do that is if the person behind me sees it, And feels it and says, hey, gosh, that was a cool thing to see. Many times they might repeat it. Because mammals, this is how mammals learn. They watch. So if you know that you are having and struggling with some emotional immaturity, then what I want you to think about. Initiating a conversation with any of the people in your life that you know you have let down and hurt. Because you kind of got lazy in your relating style. So I want you to sit down with that with that partner, with that mom, dad, cousins, neighbors, whoever that is. I want you to express how their behavior affects you. I want you to say, "Hey, you know what? I don't like how I did this, and I want to know how it affected you." And so this is this is one of the ways that you can say you're not blaming them. You're actually taking responsibility and saying, "You know, I'm learning a lot lately." And I really don't want to be that person that you dread seeing because the conversation is going to get so complicated. So when you're overcoming emotional immaturity, you ask people, how does my behavior affect you? And you focus on yourself as as opposed to giving examples of why you did it. See, if you if you'd start to say, well, I did it because this is how I was feeling, and this is what was done, and this is the kind of day that I had, you've, you've pretty much removed the whole point of why you're telling them that you're wanting to undo what you've done. You might also want to seek some professional help, and you want to talk to a trained professional that can really help you understand what happened in my developmental process that I grew up to be a very immature adult. How did I do that? And then what I want you to think about, if you have someone in your life that is emotionally immature, I want you to start setting boundaries and stick to them. See, this might mean being more assertive. This might mean saying to the person on the phone, I'm done. We're hanging up. I'm not going to have this conversation anymore. It may be something as really determining which actions or behaviors you're willing to maybe tolerate so that you can really hone in on what are the ones that are going to destroy this relationship. If I don't confront them, the relationship will end. And then you want to follow through with it. And you want to manage the fact that if your partner is immature, your kids, your adult kids are immature, you have immature um, employees, then you want to really follow through with saying, we are working on this because if this doesn't change, you'll lose your job. Or, this relationship will end. So emotional immaturity is really about the difficulty that a person has in controlling their emotions and accepting responsibility for their own actions and coping with difficult situations. See, I'm thankful every day more and more the era that I was raised in, because this was like across the board, the way we treated people. When we got in trouble, if we didn't do it right, we were taught it in schools, in churches, by our parents, by our neighbors. You know, when I was growing up, even my neighbors could, get, could call me out and get me in trouble. And this is how we managed having a better, more um, peaceful environment. So while immaturity, it's not really a mental health issue, it is a identity issue. It's who do I want to be? Do I want to act like, you know, the moron I saw at the movie theater? Do I want to be known for that? So instead of thinking that, It's outside of you that the outside has to change in order to bring a good version of you. You want to say to yourself, I need to change inside of me and become the person I actually want to be with. And this is really important, especially for those of us that have really recognized how detrimental this is to our society, to our families, our friends, our relationships, our work environments. So when you think about really growing up because that's a lot of what I do in my office. I help people grow up and they are always very grateful and thankful because their lives go so much better. They're so much easier and they enjoy them so much more. They enjoy themselves and they enjoy others. So when we think about what is this idea of growing up, what does that really mean? Well, it raises this really strange question. What does it mean to grow up? What exactly is maturity? why is it so important? And is it really wrong to be immature? Well, what maturity is not Let me tell you this. People see the world comprised of maybe two buckets. There's the child bucket, and that contains interests, activities, temperaments that are really just for kids. Then we have the adult bucket, which contains all the stuff that grown-ups are supposed to do. And to them, maturity means leaving behind the child bucket and graduating to the adult bucket. Maybe we need to go through some grief and loss. Maybe you had a phenomenal childhood. Well, if you had a great childhood, why don't you share it with the rest of the world and be that phenomenal adult? See, there's three pillars of true maturity, knowing your priorities and living by them, understanding that change is necessary for growth, and accepting responsibility for the consequences of your actions, whether good or bad. So if the consequences of your action created something phenomenal, then I want you to be a mature enough person to thank people for it and to say thank you for noticing. I appreciate your words. The other one is accepting responsibility and consequences for your actions if they're not good. So what do you do if you mess up? Well, honesty is probably the best policy. One of the greatest things you could do is just show up as a grown-up, and that means really taking responsibility for what I did well, or what I did wrong. So I'm hoping that this gives you just maybe some encouragement, because if you are that emotionally immature person, and you have a partner, I'm wanting you to understand that if they love you, and still contend with the immaturity, you've got a really good person, but I don't want you to overwork it. I don't want you to wear them out. I don't want you to give them a bad taste in their mouth for wanting to be in relationship. And I can tell you and promise you, you will feel so much better as a grown-up if you're willing to be that. And you will help the people that love you to be able to relax and be the people they want to be instead of constantly working around what you're doing. So I'm so thankful that you listened to the show today. I want you to share it with your friends, and I want you to really know that you can be a phenomenal adult, and we need you to do it. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll talk to you next week.
0: We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given As a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music